Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome to the Poisoner's Cabinet. I'm Sinead. And I'm Nick. And this is your weekly podcast exploring the lives of the great poisoners and poisoning cases from across the centuries and creating curious cocktails inspired by the tales that we tell. And it's episode 23! Yes, it is. 23. What a high number. So significant. Is it? No. No, it's not. 23. That's the kind of age you get to, you go, nothing happens. <laughs> <laughs> How are you, Nick? I'm fine. Good. Okay. Moving on. Moving Just on. immediately. Moving there on. we are. How don't are you? want to. I'm. I'm all right. I'm. I'm fine. I'm a little. Little. Uh, I'm fine. Well, that's that. All, <laughs> everyone is well. The weather's nice out. Too hot. Don't like it. <laughs> yes, I'm sensing that. I'm sensing that you need a cooling drink to get you through this. Let's hope that the secret ingredient isn't tea. I think we need to thank our new Patreon subscribers. We should. Those crazy people. They are wonderful and delicious and very sexy, and they get lots of new content from us as a reward for their services. <laughs> so their services to podcasts. Their services to podcasts. They all have an MBE coming to them <laughs> that I will make. So first, we have to say thank you to. Well, Dan Ghost Stories, Mr. Dan for Real Life Ghost Stories, so thank you very much. Melissa Gilroy, thank you. And Perry. 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 Mm, like thank it. You. Sounds spicy. <laughs> All marvellous. Thank you very much for joining us on this bitch adventure. Any poisonings this week, Nick? Uh, you, possibly, in a minute. Possibly, yeah. <laughs> I fear for the cocktail. <laughs> That lovely, lovely chartreuse cocktail. Oh, shut up. Oh. With salt in it. Nothing divides people like chartreuse. Mm. As I would say. What is your particular poison, actually, people? I think chartreuse is poison. What alcohol out there, God forbid, do you think is poison? Or is every other drink aside from alcohol poison to you? Let us know. <laughs> well, Nick. Yes. Are you ready? Potentially. To drink cocktails and talk about poison? Yes. Or drink poison and talk about cocktails? Yep. Good, great. We're whizzing through this. We'll be done by six. <laughs> <laughs> Let us get on with the tale at hand. Let's. It is my story this week. I got to choose the secret ingredient. The secret ingredient which is inspired by the tale that we tell and will flavour the cocktail that we will enjoy while listening to a story. So, Nick? Yes? This week's secret ingredient is salt. Yes. Mm. I can work with that. You're happy with that? I know, absolutely. It's not It's not quite, you know, a, a monk, is it? It's a pretty solid, standard, everyday cupboard it's not ingredient. not like art. Art is an inspiration. <laughs> it flavours a story. I found the monk most inspirational. 
This was actually Epsom salts, but I wasn't specific. Any salt, because Any you never know. Too. We might we might have a variety of salts, <laughs> you know, through all of these poisoning cases. So, with salt in mind, what did you come up with? Wow, it's going to have to be a classic. Oh my god! I think it's going to have to be. It's going to have to be a lovely margarita. Yeah, it's the right weather for it. Margarita, and something that we both like that you won't moan about. Added interesting twist to this today is that we're doing salt. We're having a margarita, and I'm covered in salt at this point. Because I've been swimming in the sea. So I'm covered in sea salt. Oh, this is delightful. I'm salty. Taste my skin. Hooray, a margarita. A classic. Everyone can get on board with this one. So let us scurry away to the poisonous cabinet kitchen and shake up a storm. See you in a minute. See you in a bit. And we're back. Hello. Margaritaville. We are in Margaritaville. And I am so happy. I think swimming in the sea has, is the equivalent to crack for me. I think the me. sun has something to your brain. I think it, it wasn't that sunny. I don't know. It just, I was feeling a bit, all the salt has been absorbed into my skin and taken my mind. This is going to be a fun evening. Yay! But Margarita, what a classic. Talk us through it, Nick. Uh, well, incredibly simple. I don't have a blender. So we have a Margarita on the rocks, but a very classic Two to one to one ratio. Two parts tequila, one part lime, one part triple sec. Delicious. Shaky, shaky, shaky. Ice, salt. Get drunk. <laughs> a salted rim. A salted rim. Which is where all good evenings start. <laughs> so let us dive in. A margarita. margarita. Here we go. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so good. That's, that's pretty damn tasty. It is so good. It's so simple. Even though we've had many a delicious cocktail on the show... And some have been surprising concoctions. Just the simplest ingredients. The simplest of ingredients. Why well, I mess with a classic? Classics for a reason. I like a spiced margarita. I like yeah. a spicy one where you get jalapenos and you make a sugar syrup. You can only do it with jalapenos. I don't think a, a scotch bonnet would would, uh, would work as well. <laughs> but I very much recommend a, a spiced margarita. But this is this delicious. Do the trick quite nicely. We have our margaritas firmly in hand, firmly in hand, and they are going to make a lot of noise. We've just uh, realised. Lots of ice and metal straws, so it's like crank, 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 crank. When Sinead is being all acty, I shall make sure I slurp things and <laughs> jingle my cubes. Jingle your cubes and your salty rim. Before we begin, I'm going to thank uh, Lynn Smith. I hope, I hope I'm saying that right. Lynn Smith, who contacted us on social media and asked us to do this story. It was a great tip and it's been a really good one to research. So, Nick. Hello. It is 1932. No, it's not. Picture the scene. I'm picturing it. It's delightful. It's 30s. It's in a slightly sepia tone. People are waiting in line outside a huge public building and they're eagerly awaiting entry. Some people have camped overnight to secure their place in the queue. Others are already bartering with people in the queue to get a place inside. Some people are selling their seats for up to the equivalent of $30 each. No, Nick, they weren't queuing for Cliff Richard tickets. <laughs> or the chance to see a woman sawn in half by the great Mysterio. No, they are awaiting the final day of the trial of Daisy Demelka, South Africa's first female serial killer. So we're not in America? No, we're in South Africa. First case we're doing in South Africa. It is first, first, first case we're doing in Africa at all. In, Af- in any of the Africas. Yes. First case possibly outside of uh, Europe or America so far. Wait till next week. <laughs> <laughs> but you'll have to be a Patreon to find out why. Daisy DeMelka is standing trial for not one, not two, but three murders. Ooh. So Daisy DeMelka was born Daisy Hancorn Smith in 1886. So that sounds desperately English. Daisy Hancorn Smith. Yeah. Does it really, though? 
I think so. Why? Hancorn Smith. Hancorn Smith. Hancorn doesn't sound like English. Yeah. It's a hand of corn, maybe. It's Smith that you went to a smithy to have the corn <laughs> shaped into a horseshoe. Oh, yeah. One of 11 children Ooh. in Grahamstown in South Africa, now known as Makanda. Excuse me if I get any of the names, I mispronounce them. Also, names obviously over the years have changed from the writing of these cases. So please forgive me if I, I'm not using the right name. It's not intentional. So it's not a, an idyllic childhood. It's, it's kind of fine. There's not a great indication that they were very wealthy, that they had much money. Mother and father separated at some point, William and Fanny. Mother may have run off with another man and decided, no, the hell with the children. Not really interested in that. But at some point, the father and two of the sons left for Rhodesia, now Zimbabwe. Around the age of 12, between the ages of 10 and 12, it's not absolutely confirmed, Daisy went to live with the dad. Uh, It's interesting that she had to travel 2,000 miles by ox cart. Gold. Which is nice. Yeah. Again, not with any family as well. Just You're just a a 12-year-old kid thrown onto a cart and then uh, vaguely in that direction for 2,000 miles. (laughs) That'd be quite an experience. But she arrived there okay. She got there there okay. It's an interesting fact. I don't know if it contributed to her becoming a serial killer. (laughs) Oh my God, that Oxcott was the worst thing I've ever done. I will kill everybody. No. So when she's in Rhodesia, she receives an education at a farm school. At the age of around 13, she goes to a boarding school in Cape Town. So she's, she's quite well educated. And then she would later go on to attend nursing school. In Durban, in South Africa. Uh, a it's, lot of these crazy nurses. It's another nurse. It's not an uncommon profession to go into, basically to learn basic nursing skills, to learn um, about how to look after the human body, and to learn about the various medicines and treatments <laughs> one might administer. On one of her trips home to Rhodesia in 1907, she meets and falls in love oh. with a man. Okay. Called Bert Fuller. <laughs> he had a name. A civil servant in Broken Hill. Great name for a place. That's a good name. I think the name has since changed again, but Broken Hill sounds like a Silent Hill's weirder brother. <laughs> oh, it does sound definitely almost like a sort of township from like Zulu or something like that. They had def- the defence of Broken Hill. You just went straight for the colonialism yeah, there, oh, didn't well, you? Yeah, <laughs> 1900s. Yes, it's going to be. <laughs> Let's just dig up those bones, what shall it is. we? <laughs> but anyway, they meet, they fall in love. And apparently they're very happy. They are a happy young couple. They are going to get married. Life is looking pretty sweet for the two of them. Except that Bert falls ill. He falls ill with black water fever. That's a dramatic illness. It's a very good sounding illness. Black water fever. Black water fever, not backwater fever. (laughs) Now, do you know what black water fever is? I can't say I do, no. You don't? Do you want to guess? I'm assuming some sort of black lung thing going on. Getting the black lung. Getting the black lung. <laughs> it's, it's horrible, actually. And it's quite scary when you think about it. It's a really weird complication with malaria. It results in massive kidney failure. Uh, okay. And what can happen is that if you have the malaria vaccination and then you are bitten by a mosquito or you contract malaria any other way that you can get malaria, rather than the vaccination, which has tiny traces of malaria and it kicking in and fighting the infection, the vaccination and the malaria combine to a super malaria and just wreck your body and it's just horrible horrible super malaria death it's a really weird anomaly but yeah he had that he had super malaria but yeah black water fever or super malaria death super malaria death (laughs) giant mosquito and the two of the pot he died on the day they were due to marry oh that's sad her at his bedside oh (laughs) 
Daisy. Poor Daisy. That's going to turn you into a bit of a mad person. Well, his will had left her a hundred pounds. Mm-hmm. We're going to pounds now rather okay, than dollars. As it should be. There we are. So a hundred pounds in the will. Equivalent today of, of some money. money. Of some money. Of some money. Now, there's some discussion about whether or not Bert really died of Blackwater fever or was he an early victim of daisies. Mm-hmm. Now, Blackwater fever, interestingly, the symptoms are not dissimilar from poisoning. You will have stomach problems, there will be vomiting, there will be bowel trouble, there will be fever, and Daisy did benefit. She got the £100 in his will. There's the other school of thought that what if she had nothing to do with it? Mm. She was deeply in love and he dies on the day of their wedding. Everything is meant to be set out. He makes out his will to her because they're going to get married. And this is the thing that Tips are over. poisons her heart against mm. all love and anything in the future. You know, which would be pretty damn hard to lose your partner. Gotcha at that time poor Daisy or evil Daisy at this stage we haven't decided we haven't decided so she's heartbroken at the loss and is able obviously to spend the money but 18 months later she meets another young chap William Cowell in Johannesburg and he is a plumber respectable trade yes she will go on to develop a thing for plumbers (laughs) likes a plumber again a respectable trade hard working good steady income you'll always need a plumber you'll always need a plumber she's 22 at this time William is 36 she's young he's getting on in years babies let's have all the babies they seem to be happily married they go on to have five children lovely lovely well it would have been had the children survived (laughs) out of the five children that she and William have together one survives till adulthood (laughs) now caveat here as ever child death not un common at this time the first children to be born were twins they died in infancy no information is available on them about what happened Mm. to them but they don't survive long the fourth child lester died from an abscess on the liver just before his fifth birthday so daisy said (laughs) symptoms of such an ailment are again stomach pain vomiting bowel trouble fever how are you going to know it's an abscess on the liver without like an autopsy or something like that to discover the abscess on the liver that's a very good point you're not just going to know from the outside that that's the problem that Um, is what Daisy told people uh, that he had died from the fifth child Alfred aged 15 months started suffering from convulsions and bowel trouble on the day that this happened he was taken to bed and an hour later he was dead Mm. taken to bed by Daisy I didn't mention the third child there. The third child was Rhode Cecil, who survived. Survived into adulthood, at least. <laughs> and he was the favourite, and she showered him with love. But yes, four children, dead. Mm. No investigations into these deaths. Oh, no. no autopsies. Nothing is called for. Mm. She says what happens. She's been to nursing school. Oh, this is true. So nobody questions it. So after this tragedy, flash forward to 1923, and William is home after a hard day slogging over a hot sink. It's hard work being a plumber. You know, aches and pains everywhere. You're bent over sinks and you're under sinks. And I don't know what else plumbers do apart from sinks, actually. General pipe work. A pipe work. Lots <laughs> of spanner action. William has been working all day and he comes home and he needs to unwind. He has a little um, tonic that uh, his wife regularly prepares for him. A good restorative thing. He comes home to unwind with a margarita. He doesn't. He doesn't. I don't, I can't, I can't he doesn't. <laughs> when, just once. Why doesn't anyone come home and just unwind with a cocktail? No, it wasn't a margarita. Sorry, not really. He relaxes with a nice treatment of... Epsom salts. Oh. William has his Epsom salts delivered to him by Daisy. Lovingly, lovingly, let me cure your ears, my darling plumber husband. 
He takes them on this occasion. William says, these did not help. These, I feel <laughs> far worse. Two doctors attend him. Daisy, being the dutiful wife, calls what? the doctors in. The first doctor doesn't think it's a problem, gives him bromide, which is a common solution yeah, that people absolutely. give you. Like, oh, he's just got an upset stomach. He'll be fine in the morning. He'll be okay. But he gets worse. Uh, the neighbours come in to help and a second doctor is called. It's too late for the second doctor. William dies. He drops dead in excruciating pain, foaming at the mouth. Yeah. With some things that he has turned blue or turned purple. Yeah, he did. He did. He did, yeah. He definitely did, The second doctor. The first doctor is fucked off by this stage. <laughs> doctor is bloody greatest person of the world. Second doctor, thankfully, goes... This is not normal. He suspects something. He says, well, this has all the hallmarks of... Strychnine poisoning. <laughs> but strychnine. Strychnine. I say strychnine. You say strychnine. Now, this is a point in the story where I couldn't quite determine whether he had drunk the Epsom salts or whether he had soaked in them. The way it was always written is that he was a plumber and he had these Epsom salts to kind of ease the aches and pains, but you you would generally soak in Epsom salts. You soak your feet. You have a bath. So I was quite confused by this, trying to work out, did he drink them or, or did... And then I started going down this wild track of, did he have a bath with Epsom salts? And is it possible that he was poisoned through some Epsom salts? And is that how you can be poisoned? Can you put them in the Epsom salts and they absorb through the skin? And what I did was message Catherine Harkup. <laughs> and she went, no, you're mad. She was like, leave me alone. I'm having dinner. <laughs> no, Dr. Catherine Harkup. And I just went, do you know this case? And is it possible to absorb a poison through the skin? Things like strychnine. And she came back and said, normally these would be a drink. But I was like, yep, fine. He must have drunk them. But then she later came back and she said she had found one non-fatal strychnine poisoning case through skin contact. And that was someone cleaning up a spill of strychnine solution in 2001. So she thinks that this guy must have swallowed it, but it is theoretically possible to absorb strychnine through the skin. Broken skin or mucous membranes will help. Yeah, there you go. So it is possible out there, potential poisonies. <laughs> the second doctor... He believes that that this has been a case of poisoning. He thinks that strychnine has been involved and he refuses to sign the death certificate. Good. That doesn't do a lot because a post-mortem is carried out on poor William and the cause of death is found to be an inflammation of the kidneys and cerebral hemorrhage. Case closed. Fair enough. Nothing has gone wrong and Daisy becomes a sole beneficiary of her husband's will mm-hmm. and she inherits 1,795 that's a lot of money for a plumber. That's a that's a hefty chunk, I would imagine. She has plenty of money, a lot of money going for on her there. and for her son Rhodes. So they can go off and live the high life. They can enjoy themselves. Yet three years later, but not just three years later, Nick. Three years later to the day of William's death, Daisy marries one Robert Sprout, mm. another plumber. <laughs> she does have a thing for plumbers. She has a thing for plumbers. Robert is 10 years older than Daisy. And Rhodes, her son, isn't overly fond of Robert. Ooh. They argue a lot. Rhodes is turning into a little bit of a petulant teenager. All right, so how, yeah, how will we be now? He is, I so don't know exactly sort of, how old he is. But, but teen, teen Yeah, years. teens. Daisy and Robert, love is in the air. Love is no. in the air. They're so happy. Until October 1927. <laughs> Robert starts to feel a little ill. Mm. Suffers severe muscle spasms, not dissimilar to those experienced. Yeah, that's quite familiar. By William Cowell, her first husband. Now, around this time, Robert's brother comes to visit, and he is very concerned about his brother's health. 
Obviously. Well, yeah. He's worried, but Daisy obviously manages to convince him around this time that there's nothing wrong, that she is taking care of him. But she does say a very important admin matter needs to be taken care of. You see, Robert hasn't actually changed his will <laughs> to make Daisy the benefactor. <laughs> They've been married for two years. I mean, you know, come on. If he did die, if, oh, God forbid, God forbid, if he did die, let's make sure Absolutely. that the family are taken care of. Now, his brother, whatever his reservations are, does mention this to Robert and Robert does sign his will over to Daisy and he recovers. He's fine. Oh, thank God. Oh, lovely, lovely. Brother goes away. Party in the house. With margaritas. (laughs) But a few weeks later, there he is, Robert, drinking some delicious beer. Nice. With his wife and stepson, regaling them with tales of his plumbing prowess, no doubt. <laughs> Did you see the way I tightened that washer? You have some angry plumbers on you. You? <laughs> I do more than washers. <clears throat> I'm, so, I'm not saying that they are bad. I'm saying I'm an idiot. I think everything is washers, clearly. <laughs> they can laugh at me while swirling their brandy in their mansions. <laughs> no, he starts to feel unwell again after this beer. The symptoms return in the same way. He becomes ill very quickly and sadly in November 1927 he dies. Oh. Doctor gives the cause of death as arterial sclerosis. What was it? What was, oh, the, what was the cause of death? I can't say this is where my stutter comes in. I do actually have a stutter. Arter- arterio sclerosis. The, the basically the, the the veins and the arteries tightened and thick and the death, <laughs> along with another cerebral hemorrhage. <laughs> he gives a cause of death as these two things. No autopsy is performed. He's, He's dead. dead. Move on. Yeah. Move on. Find another plumber. <laughs> Daisy inherits this time over four thousand pounds ah. plus a further five hundred and sixty pounds paid by his pension fund. Nice plumbers. They are clearly the millionaires <laughs> that we do not know of. So she's living the high life. She's got all the money in the world and plumbing for life, apparently. Her taps are incredibly shiny. You do more than that. I know that any plumber's listening. Flash forward another three years. Another plumber? Rose and Daisy have been living the high life. They've started, though, to start growing apart. On the 21st of January in 1931, Daisy married for a third time. Oh. A widower, Sidney Clarence de Melka. Where ah, she gets her name from. Her name. Was he and a plumber? Please say he was a plumber. He was a plumber. Excellent. <laughs> Another plumber. <laughs> Whatever she's... She knows what she's doing. These plumbers are raking it in. Sidney Clarence Demelka. Now, he's a nice man, by all accounts. He's really nice to Rhodes, who, as we've said, is becoming a bit of a shitty teenager. They're getting on quite well, actually. But Rhodes, at this stage, he's nearly 20. He wants to go out by himself and be his own man. Well, it's more about the fact that he should, at the age of 21, be coming into a bit of an inheritance uh... left by his father. He's certainly under the impression that he will be coming into some money. Bit of a lump sum coming. Maybe mummy has said that she will be giving him some of her vast, vast plumbing wealth. But either way, he's pretty convinced that age 21, he's going to get this money. And he's not being quiet about it. He's shouting about it. He's, you know, there are varying reports about what Rhodes is like as a person. Some people say he's a perfect gentleman. He's quite nice. Others say he's lazy. He's a bit feckless. He has a part-time job as a car mechanic. So he's kind of bringing in some money mm. doesn't really have to work but has been pretty sport by his mother all his life but despite these varying accounts of his character it definitely seems like he is getting in the way <laughs> february 1932 daisy makes a little trip to the chemists nice 
chemist a little bit further out of town than she would normally go. And what does she go to buy there, Nick? What do can you I, think? Can I take a guess? Yeah. I think it's going to... Well, if you're going to go to the chemist for it, it's going to be something you can get at the chemist. So I'm assuming it's going to be arsenic. It's arsenic. Arsenic bell! Arsenic chemists sell. <laughs> it's only arsenic. Yet another brilliant case of a chemist <laughs> selling arsenic... And again, the excuse of which to buy arsenic. I'm sure there were rats that needed killing. Or oh, no, no, there's no rats. Oh, no, no, or... no, no rats, no bed bugs. No, please, don't be silly. She has an elderly cat that Aww. needs to be put out of its misery. With arsenic? Yes. It's a bit miserable. That is what she says. She has a sickly elderly cat and she wants to put it out of its misery with one of the most horrible poisons. That's, that's mean. I know, but I it don't was... like Daisy anymore. <laughs> Because she was fine she was until fine that. she was wiping plumbers off the space of the earth. But the cats, no, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that one. Don't you fuck with, don't fuck with cats. We've learned nothing from Netflix. Why do people do this? Why do people walk into chemists and just go, "I need arsenic for to kill a cat"? Why is no one questioning this? Yeah, why is chemist like, yeah, alright? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah I needed to do away with my relatives. Did I say relatives? I meant please. <laughs> Either way, chemist sells her the fucking arsenic, and she writes her name in the poisons register. So he has a record of it. Surely nothing can go wrong. <laughs> Less than a week later, 2nd of March, 1932, Rhodes heads off to his part-time job as a car mechanic, carrying a lovely packed lunch, a flask yes. of coffee, uh, as you do, prepared by my mother. Make your own lunch. You're in your 20s, for heaven's sake. <laughs> <laughs> but she cuts the triangles in the sandwich the way he likes it. He doesn't let the crusts on. He goes to work on his lunch break. He tucks into his lunch and he has his coffee. Shares a cup of coffee with one of his colleagues. Within moments, they become violently yeah, ill. That's, that's fine. Violently ill. They are throwing up all over the shop. It's not pretty. No one is getting their car fixed that day. But they do seem to recover. Certainly his co-worker, after throwing up, does... It seems to purge whatever is it ailed him in his system. With Rhodes... Maybe it's a bad sandwich. Yes. Maybe it's bad coffee. It coffee cat, has that effect on some people. A cat sandwich. A cat sandwich. She put the cat time. in there. <laughs> it was laced with arsenic. Exactly, it was laced with arsenic. But that happened. That happened. That happened. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. When Rose goes home, his condition deteriorates. Whether it's because he drank more of the coffee and he Mm. ate the sandwich, the bad sandwich, the evil sandwich, or maybe when he goes home to his mother's care a few more droplets yeah. of poison are administered to him because it's not long before Rhodes dies at home mm. in not a very pretty way. The cause of death, cerebral malaria. Oh. Isn't well, that malaria. interesting? Yeah, cerebral malaria. Malaria the, on the brain. He went and did a job in Swaziland a few weeks earlier. It's the kind of thing that makes you think back to the, the first lover, not the husband, who yes. died of malaria. Yeah, kind of going, malaria. Mm, of super malaria did it come back to haunt super malaria can't be killed can't <laughs> be stopped one massive bug floating around <laughs> <laughs> on the 1st of April Jay-Z receives £100 from Rose's own life insurance policy she's taking the life insurance policy out on his son whether she took it whether he took it mm. but he, he hasn't he's not married mm. she's his only relative all seems to be going well for Daisy. Yeah, so it would seem she's rich got loads of cash loads of cash she has lots of money and the husband's still around the dead milker, he's... Sydney is still there. He's, he's still about. But a lot of other people who've been causing her problems are out of her way. Uh, but not for long. Uh, because remember the brother of her second husband, who turned up when he was ill, yes. was questioning what was happening. Well, he's been paying attention to what Daisy's been doing. And he hears that Rhodes is dead. And he's going, okay, this is too much of a coincidence. This is, she's had two husbands die and now a son has died, all in pretty similar circumstances. Mm. I am not happy about that. This is terrifying. He goes to the police. He says he suspects foul play. It's enough to start a police investigation. And the police decide to exhume the bodies of Rhodes, of Robert and of William. Wow. Rhodes's body is in incredibly good condition. Uh... What does that? Arsenic does uh, arsenic does preserve things. They find traces of arsenic in the viscera of the body, of the backbone, and the hair. Now, William and Robert, the previous really husbands, less of them left. Very badly decomposed. <laughs> yes, very badly decomposed because strychnine does not preserve the body. It's been a while. However, they find traces of strychnine in the vertebrae of each man. There's actually a note that says their bones had a pinkish discoloration, suggesting that the men may have taken pink strychnine. Which was common at the time. Right. I didn't know there was I pink know, I didn't know there were different colours of strychnine. Pink strychnine. Fabulous. Love it. Nice. Yes. And there's pink... Well, it makes it more jolly. It's best to drink it. Drink it. Traces of arsenic were also found in the hair and fingernails of James Weber, who was Rhodes' colleague, the one who'd had uh, the, one who the, had the coffee. coffee. They also test the blue coffee flask at the home that has arsenic in it as well. Daisy is arrested one week later and charged with three murders. At the time, actually, it's interesting that you can either opt to have a trial in front of a judge and jury or in front of a judge and two assessors. Daisy goes for judge and two assessors rather than in front of a jury because this story is 
massive oh, news. Absolutely, I'm sure everyone already hates her. Absolutely, huge news. She is on the news. Her picture is being shown all around. And if you have ever seen a picture, I've seen a picture. She looks like a crazy woman. She crazy woman. Yeah, she the, the picture will terrifying. accompany this episode. Google it. And there's nicer pictures of her as yeah. well, but it's that one it's that where one. she just looks like... And people are mean, like, going, she's ugly and she's crazy. Like, she's... It's 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 not a pretty it's picture. It's not a flattering, flattering image. No. no, she's not the femme fatale. <laughs> no. No, people want to come to the trial. The newspapers are lining up outside. People want to get in. And you can come and sit yeah. in on a, on a public trial at the time. The story spreads. And as it spreads, the chemist who sold Daisy the arsenic to kill her cat sees her picture in the paper and he recognises her and he goes forward to the police and says, yes, I, I know this woman. I, I sold, sold her, her the arsenic. arsenic and here is her name in the poisoner's register. She signed it as Mrs. Sprout, which was the name of one of her uh, previous, previous husbands. husbands. But her handwriting matches yeah. up. They're able to say this, they're able to present this in court. The trial is huge. It lasts 30 days in 1932. Oh, well, that's well, a lengthy... We've had some where it's like, two hours later, she was dead. <laughs> <laughs> they were hanging her in the court. Exactly. No, no, we have to hear evidence. No, we've got to get the noose on her. <laughs> exactly. No, 30 days, 60 witnesses are called for the prosecution, wow. about half that amount for the Crown. Uh, there's expert toxicologists, there's professors of pharmacology, there's all these people. The chemist comes forward and says, Rand Rhodes, yes, I sold the arsenic. The judge said the Crown had been unable to prove conclusively that the two husbands had died of strychnine poisoning. Mm. He says, it does not convince me, nor does it convict the accused but the third count yeah. of Rhodes death can't get out of that one can't get out of that the judge came to the inescapable conclusion that she had murdered her son because he had died of arsenic poisoning the coffee flask he was using had arsenic there was also I think there's it's it's mentioned that there was a defence that suicide the defence had gone with suicide well, with the, Rhodes the Rhodes had put arsenic in his own coffee I couldn't find a great deal about that I, well if you, if you were going to do that Seems like a very convoluted way of doing it. Exactly, to do it in front of people and then try and take someone out with you. Yeah, try and take someone out, try and take your mate at work out with you. mm, Whatever they try, it is conclusive in terms of roads. When the judge finally turns to pass the death sentence by hanging to Daisy, she's then age 46, her face went white. He said to her, you have been found guilty of the murder of your son, Rhodes Cecil Cowell. Do you have anything to say before I pass the sentence on you? A hushed silence fell across the court. I am not guilty of poisoning my son. There is only one sentence I can pass, the judge said, and he condemned her to death by hanging. Her third husband, Sidney, refused to accept the verdict, and she herself continued to protest her innocence. Sidney would protest her innocence for the next 20 years until his death. But whatever the protestations were, it was not enough to save Daisy. The sentence of hanging was carried out on the morning of the 30th December 1932 at Pretoria Central Prison. Daisy has become popular legend in South Africa since this case had passed because, again, the first female serial killer, I think the third woman who had been hanged in South Africa. If a door blew shut in the wind, people in South Africa would say it was the ghost of Daisy. (laughs) If a child's hair was unkempt and wild, they would say, you look like Daisy (laughs) DeBarker. There's also rumours that her spirit haunts a children's hospital. Why would she haunt a children's hospital? Uh, Because that was where she trained as a nurse. It's the same hospital where she trained as a nurse that they say her ghost haunts that area. Uh, Two more facts. One more funny than the other. I've read this and I'm reading... 
I'm reading this verbatim here. In September uh, 2005, a drag musical... Nice. Daisy's Well Hung... <laughs> ...was staged at the women's jail on Constitution Hill in Johannesburg, where she was in prison prior to being hanged, and it attempted to transform her from a dour figure into a poltergeist of husband-killing femme fatale! <laughs> Brilliant. We need to watch that. <laughs> we, really we need to watch that immediately. Oh, that sounds brilliant. But the yeah. final piece, which may be folklore, but I think is true, is that the gravestones of the dead of each of, of her husbands and her son, all of those gravestones were replaced and they read their names with the postscripts, victims of their nearest and dearest. Uh... True to form, your loved ones are <laughs> trying to kill you. Well, there we go. That's a good story. That's a good story. I had seen her before. I'd seen, I knew about her, but not in that level of detail. But no, fantastic. But she had a thing for plumbers. What is it with her and plumbers? Why not? Money, I guess. Well, yeah, stable stable trade, absolutely. Mm. So at the time where everything's being built and all these grand colonial things are doing, so there's probably plenty of work going around. So they're, Yeah. yeah. So I must shout out to Lynn who messaged us on Instagram about the story. Also shout out to True Crime South Africa, which is a podcast about South African crime. It's a one woman show and it's brilliant. It's a really, really Mm. good show. And they've done various charity efforts about, you know, helping victims of crime and stuff like that. It was really great. So definitely check that out if you're a true crime fan. But yeah, in, in that, where I listened to and read, you know, the writings about this case, there wasn't a lot about why. Why yeah. did she do it? Apart from money. Yeah. Is it just cold, hard, just money? We, we've done some other ones where you can sort of see there maybe... It does have, have hints of Marianne Cotton sort of thing, going through the husbands and for the yeah. what little insurances and things there are, and moving on to the next. and So not quite to her extent, but it certainly has echoes of that. Do we think that the children and the first lover were victims? I don't think all the children would have been victims. No, I, th- I think I think it's very likely that the f- first twins or whatever something like that would mm. would may well have been just a very unfortunate natural. Yeah, it's what happened unfortunately. And but yeah, I mean a, ch- a child who's she claims has died from a abscess on the liver. And there's no way you would know that without doing a post mortem yeah. or an also sort of autopsy to examine the liver and find out there was that. So you would never know that. Um, and just the power of saying, "I'm a nurse. Yeah, I know the symptoms of this. It's probably an abscess on the liver." It seems a bit. So it seems a bit weird to, yeah. to make that claim. It's not as if they're short of money. The hu- she's married. The husband has got a good job. He's got a good income. So they're not. They're not raking it For in. Seven mouths to feed. I think a plumber was a fairly respectable isn't it's job it's not it's not a, it's not it a sort of common laborer sort of just in a factory shifting boxes around and but i think there's the, the so. difference between seven mouths to feed comfortable-ish lifestyle yeah. two mouths to feed pretty fucking nice lifestyle affluent well it seems like a very drastic step to take yeah i mean uh, yeah I, I i think i agree that, for, for that, that the twins probably were not were not anything to do with her the others, it's a bit weird. So it was twins, and then Rhodes. Rhodes survived. So, which who? But he was the middle one. So he was. He was. A, he was the second child. Sorry, excuse so me. So one and one two. And he two. was third. 
I'm sorry, I was counting the first one as that. You know, <laughs> like, one is two. The twins, he was the third child. Yeah. Then the fourth child was Lester, yeah. who had the abscess on the liver. Yeah. And then the fifth child... Was again, who died young. 15 months, yeah. and then suddenly started having convulsions. Yeah. And then went upstairs and then died. Yeah, so and, and you know, child well. death is not uncommon. Indeed. Again, you know, it's it's horrible. No, it's... Yeah, it's it's quite strange that four out of five died. That That is, that is a, above the odds, even for... It's even very much above them. the odds. Um, Other people have commented on that. So that, you know, the odds were not in eight, her favour. Yeah, eighty percent death is is no. Eighty um, percent death <laughs> is um, we are way above. What, what about the first expect. husband, though? I mean, it, no, I, I don't. I don't necessarily think she would have done. Yeah, I mean, she, she didn't grow yeah. up in the best best situation. There's nothing to say that. There's nothing uh, to say that it was awful. Yeah, we well, don't exactly. know. It wouldn't have been a lavish lifestyle, but it, yeah, there would be many other people in the similar situation to her. I could see that potentially the death of her first husband might have just flipped something in her head which caused then her to go off the rails for the rest of them. I could see that potentially being a, a thing. That's an interesting one, isn't it? It's um, like it, it feels like it's overly romanticising a murderer because she is a murderer. Oh, for sure. It's an interesting twist on it. Yeah. It doesn't excuse what she does later no, on. not but... at all, but it might sort of explain it explains that you know if um, she was really happy and she was in love and this was a yeah. prosper and, uh, prosperous on, relationship on her wedding day yeah he dies um, he dies um yeah and grief can do terrible that, things that i mean that would be a horrendous thing to to go through so yeah i can see it being that that would be the thing that flipped her potentially over the over the edge which caused her future unpleasantness well there we go yeah. we don't often get to go that far abroad it's been nice to have a holiday this week that's <laughs> someone that isn't yeah uk or america <laughs> <laughs> but there's so many cases well you know what guys if you are listening from different areas if you know of more interesting stories historic stories from around the globe let us know are they not reported enough you know we, we go with whatever evidence and research that we can find and most of that is going to be in the western world what else could we be talking about are there really interesting cases that we can cover I mean, I'm looking at a particular one at the moment in Japan. And there are lots of cases in Japan. Unfortunately, a lot of the reports that I've tried to read have been in Japanese. Which isn't going to help which you. Which does not help me in the slightest. Let, let me get this straight. You can't read I, Japanese. I know. I've failed. I must send them to you for translation. Um. <laughs> I, but I won't out of spite. <laughs> so, yeah. So, there are many things from elsewhere that we need to delve into. Need to do. Over on Patreon, we've been doing new episodes. And we've started delving into the more modern cases our patreon subscribers let us know about what you think about them because it's it's quite weird actually doing modern cases it seems like when we've had a bit of like a hundred years gap we can be a bit more irreverent and we can make judgments but these are cases we're covering in people's lifetime so you may notice the most recent one we did which came out only a few days ago on patreon it was it was a bizarre thing to do it felt Mm. quite strange because we're talking about something that happened in the the 80s which is in a living memory for many people so do let us know what you think um we shall certainly carry on doing them absolutely um because that's what people want but just let us know what you think about modern cases you are all true crime fans what do you want to hear from us when we're doing the episodes what kind of style what is it about you know this podcast that has kept you on board are there things that you'd like us to tackle in our own inimitable way there's a message that we received from one patreon subscriber claire alexander that i'd like to read out which has been a kind of a review and a nice message that i'd really like to share which has been just so sweet 
Hi, I'm Claire, a fellow Poison Apprentice listening from a little village by the name of Rainhill, made famous by trains, don't you know, in Liverpool. Yay! I absolutely fell in love with you both the moment your voices entered my ear holes while listening to Real Life Ghost Stories, to whom I pledge my allegiance. Well done, well done, we all do. I knew instantly that I must subscribe to this show and I've been waiting patiently to become a Patreon since episode one. I am fascinated by the tales that you tell and enthralled by the way that you deliver them. The friendship you guys share allows me as a listener to feel that I myself have known you both for years. I work as a care assistant in an elderly residential home, 15 years, same home. That being part of the reason that I have taken so long to message you, shift patterns, etc. In all my years of service, I can honestly say hand on heart that the past 12 weeks have been the toughest I've ever had to face. COVID found its way into our home. Without going into too much detail, we have lost a significant number of residents to this disease, each one heartbreaking. I would like to take this opportunity to thank you both, for at the end of every week, you provide me with a brain space to escape, where I can just clock off from my own thoughts and listen to curious tales of murder through the ages. Between yourself and Emma, Dan... Kevin Becker from We Need to Talk About Ghosts, woohoo, to whom I also pledge allegiance. All your content combined has been my medicine. You have acted like unlicensed therapists, if you will, and I am super excited for the future of the podcast and happy to support you in any way that I can. Claire. That's inc- uh, is absolutely lovely. Thank I, you so much for that message. It means a huge amount for something that we started out just to say, well, let's do it. We have a bit of a laugh. It's, <laughs> it's so touching to know that it actually means so much to people that is fantastic so i really do appreciate you sending that message in and claire you're one of our key workers through covid you are an absolute hero thank you so much for your service and we know there's so many of you out there who have done similar service on the front lines of this (laughs) pandemic thank you so much for sending us that message and we love you and we love each and every one of you honestly and we are so touched that we can keep doing this every single week Do you don't need to send us lovely messages? <laughs> no, yeah, don't send me lovely messages. <laughs> don't send Sinead lovely messages. Send us, get in touch with us on social media. I'm always happy to hear about show ideas. Nick just wants praise. Just yeah, send much. Nick just praise. Send, send, tell me I'm marvelous. Otherwise, I've, I've yeah, very delicate ego. Um. <laughs> <laughs> and you get praise all the time. I'm the only one who's ever had two bad reviews out of the hundreds of really positive stuff. That's from- brilliant. <laughs> and you see why he's writing them he's out there writing them send him lovely cocktail pictures yeah absolutely I want to see the cocktails and we're loving the banter actually that's developing on every cocktail post everyone's getting involved the, do the, it the do it for, for this week's episode it's gone mad there's so many people absolutely on Amanda. chatting away on Instagram so it's brilliant to see get in touch with us chat chat online share and tell your friends as ever <laughs> subscribe download the podcast leave us reviews on apple podcast or wherever you listen to your podcast and we will thank you in gin and drinks and cheers and shout outs on the podcast whatever you want to hear you let us know so we have been the people inside the poisonous cabinet we will see you next week and remember your loved ones are trying to kill you Bye-bye.